We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. Unbelievable. My guys said that the best heavyweight of all time when it comes to MMA is Fedor Emelianenko. Wow. That's Brendan Tobin, Sean Levine here in Kansas City. Tapped out with you here on the BetQL Network. I want to fight him for saying that. So let's continue with a segment called are you going to fight me? I don't know if you saw that uh, Joe Lozon has a fight against Cowboy Cerrone set up for April 30th. Is this the last time that we see both these dudes in the octagon? Ooh. Uh, no, I don't think so. I feel like it's kind of one of those where they're – I feel like both of these guys together is like a match made in heaven. Like they're going to put together some classic fight. Who knows who wins? I'll lean Cerrone. But I feel like that's one of those. No, everyone's going to want to see these. These are two of the most fan friendly fighters of all time. Of this is like guarantee going to be a fight of the night. And then everybody's going to want to see him continue. I don't think it's going to be the end of their of their runs. Yeah, but at some point you can't have Cowboy come riding in on an actual horse and then grabbing his walker and walking into the octagon. And it feels like we're getting a little bit close to that. Um, On a little bit more serious note, all charges were dropped against Chael Sonnen. Speaking of Chael, would you fight me if I said that he's the greatest UFC trash talker of all time? Uh, I think Connor's passed him. I think that a lot of chill stuff it, these days was kind of, we see it like when he came back for the Bellator run, like it kind of got hokey. I love chill though. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I love his, his YouTube content. I think as far as like a personality in the game of just, you know, making you think differently. I think that to me, I think he's still the best, but as far as trash talk, I think Connor, uh, I think Connor passed him by. What are you talking about? The American gangster, the guy who said what that he looks like Sean Combs, that he fights like John Jones and something about trombone size, something like John. I mean, I think that that's the greatest trash talker of all time. Oh, speaking of John Jones, would you fight me if I said that he's going to finish his career with just one loss? Uh, no, I'm not going to fight you. I think that I, I don't see anybody beating him. I, I, I got to see it. Like until I go in there and I, 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 you know, maybe if you ask me this after his heavyweight debut and he looks even more vulnerable, then maybe I'll feel differently. But I know he's gotten close. The Santos fight and the Reyes fight was super thin, but you know, still didn't get him. Like they tried, they tried to pin him down and they couldn't. So I don't see who's going to go in there and, and take him out. We also have to talk about the fact that we're not a hundred percent sure that we're going to see John Jones. Like fair point. John Jones in his career, I was looking back at this the other day, has missed six years of octagon time during what we would call, quote unquote, the prime of his career. So to say that we're definitely going to see him and definitely see him soon is just not factual. Well, I just I don't I, I think that it's one of these things where, you know, he's out there and he's tweeting about the fights like I don't think he's doing nothing. I think that he even said going into the Nganu fight that. I'm in such a flow training. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to mess with anything. That was his excuse for not going to be in attendance. He was in such a flow training. So I assume he's not just doing that because he likes a Peloton bike. I feel like he's actually in there and he's warming up for a fight. You're going to fight me if I tell you that in the Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje fight, the same thing is going to happen to Gaethje that Khabib did. You're going to fight me? Um... I don't think it's going to be exactly the same. I can, I, I feel like for this is going to be one of those where I, I could see it being even a little bit more of a back and forth striking event. I think that we've seen Charles likes to, to mix it up a little bit. He does. He likes to, to go in there and, 
and show what he's been able to improve upon on the feet. So for me, I think that uh, I think it's one of those where, you know, we saw Habib, you know, he got to that point of taking uh, taking Gaethje down and went through him like a buzzsaw. It really wasn't even close. It was one of his best performances. I think that this one could be a little bit more back and forth. Odds on that one are out minus 162 for Dubronx, Charles Oliveira. You can get the highlight on the comeback at plus 136. Justin Gaethje at plus 136. Sounds pretty good to me. Are you going to fight me if I told you that I really want to see Moreno Figueredo 4? No, I, I like we we talked about this a little bit earlier. I, I think that they should go right into it right away. I don't really see what else you could do. Like if we got a good thing going, it's like there's been this, you know, grand hang up of the flyweight division. I mean, it was Kai Kara France out here being like, oh, come on, please me. Uh, sorry, buddy. Wait, wait a little bit. All right. I don't know what to tell you. We got a great rivalry. We got a great we got a great thing going here. Right. We know that we got like a guaranteed great fight every time these guys are going to fight. It's super competitive. And they're one, one, and one. You know what you need to figure out where the other one goes. So for me, I'm definitely into seeing it next. Were you surprised that all three judges saw it Figueredo's way on Saturday night? A little bit. Uh, you know, going back and watching it, I definitely thought that there were rounds that could have gone both ways, and it was very close. I think that you know what I think it was though. I think that the knockdowns, and I don't even think they were devastating knockdowns. I just think that Moreno was off balance. I think that counted for a lot because it was definitely a pro Moreno crowd. And when you're a judge, you're kind of looking to see, like, all right, what are the differences here? You don't want to get swayed too much. And I do think that if you hit the canvas on certain things, and, and Moreno did hit the canvas, I think, three or four times, I do think that cost him a lot. Like, I think that's definitely one of the things he's got to look out for the next time is maybe he'd be on better balance or not find himself in awkward positions to where Davidson puts him down, hits him, and then puts him on the canvas. I don't think they were necessarily devastating shots. There was maybe a couple in there, I think, like, at the end of round three. But – there were other ones that were just kind of flash knockdowns that he got up, but those are going to count in the judge's eyes. You proved your man crush in our last segment for Conor McGregor. Would you fight me if I said that today or whenever it happens this year, a Conor McGregor UFC fight is still the biggest fight that can be made? First of all, I don't like to say it's a man crush. I just think that it's silly for you to sit here and say two people belong ahead of the class that did worse on the test than he did. That's so silly. <laughs> like, I don't what understand. What if he cheated what on the test? What if he looked at the guy next to him? Uh, you know, I think that, if you're, if you're Jose Aldo and you came in there with a number two pencil and did it the right way every single time, same thing in the case of Max Holloway, we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this one. He did it the right way with what? Leading his head right into his fist? Talk about your man crush. Go ahead. Is it still the biggest fight in the UFC today? Uh, yeah. I know that's, that's, you think there's something bigger? I think the only thing that's bigger is Francis versus John Jones, and that's not going to be in the UFC because he's going to go fight Tyson Fury. Thanks a lot, Dana White. Oh, uh, speaking of Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury – is the best heavyweight in the world right now. No question about that in the boxing ring. But I don't think he's like top five all time. You going to fight me? No, I'm not going to fight you. I think also, I think he's a guy, you know, we talk a lot about legacy, the back and forth. I think that he's got the win over Klitschko, which was a good, it's an admirable performance, but was a boring fight. Very unmemorable. The rivalry versus Deontay Wilder, I do think is an all-timer, but I do think that he needs to go and, beat the AJs, beat the Dillian Whites, beat the Usyks. I think that the, he, we have a ripe heavyweight division here that can maybe vault him there, especially if he goes and he dominates, but I don't I don't put him there yet. Who is in your top five all-time heavyweights? I mean, let's oh, get the man. obvious out of the way. Ali, we can cross that off, so we got four left. We both agree Ali, Lennox Lewis is on the list. Lennox Lewis. I got Holyfield, Lennox Lewis. Who are your other two? I got Frazier and I guess Rocky Marciano. I mean, you finished undefeated. Who are yours? 
Do you want to go back to Jack Johnson too? Like you want to no, go, like, go that far? How far back do you want to go here? You want to go? You want to go to Mustache McGee? Like back to the bare knuckle days? What else? What else you want to throw in there? What a jackass. Brendan Tobin in Miami, Sean Levine in Kansas City. You're getting tapped out here on the BetQL Network. I bring up Rocky Marciano. All of a sudden, he starts bringing up guys from the 1920s. All right, let's step back into the octagon because you've got me convinced with the Israel Adesanya-Whitaker fight. If I told you Robert Whitaker might have the most underrated resume in the entire UFC, are you going to fight me once again? This guy took out Yo Romero twice, Derek Brunson, Jacare Sosa, Uriah Hall. You getting sick because I'm just getting going. Jared Cannonier, uh, Darren Till, Kelvin Gastelum. Bro, there's nobody more underrated than this guy. You going to fight me? Um, You know, I, I, you may disagree with me because he comes. he's coming off a loss, but I, I still think that Dustin Poirier probably gets that, that, that disrespect of not – uh, having the respect to his resume that I think he probably warrants because I think it took so long for him to even get to a title shot. For me, you think about that being the best of the best of the division. And I felt like because of the Connor hang up, you know, the one loss to Habib and then, you know, having to go back and, and win other fights, go fight Connor again to even get back to his title shot at Charles Oliveira. I think to me that 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 warrants a little bit more praise than Robert Whitaker does. I just think that lightweight's a little bit better of a division as well. But you're looking, you know, I mean, the Reaper is absolutely fantastic. And uh, and I do think he's definitely a live dog going into this one. DJ, incredibly underrated his entire career. Another guy, Max Holloway. I mean, he's only got, what, yep. four losses on his entire resume. And it's to guys that are in the Hall of Fame or on their way to the Hall of Fame. So I love me some blessed, if you can't tell. Uh, you're going to fight me, Brendan, if I told you that Kamaro Usman, if he actually tried to fight Jan Blahovich would get his ass kicked in that fight. You going to fight me? Yeah, I, I'm not going to. You know what? I, I feel like Kamaru Usman is one of those guys where, you know, he's getting better. I think that this confidence that he has as a champion, it matters a lot too. And, you know, where he is, it, you know, where Izzy has shortcomings in the ground game and could get taken down. Like, I don't know, man. Usman, like, he's not just messing around with welterweights when he trains. I feel like if he... Just like John Jones, if he could get himself to the point of getting that body optimized, I feel like he could take out Jan Blahovich. I feel like he could. I feel like he could make that maneuver. I'm, I wouldn't rule him out for that. Hey, speaking of the big guys, so in the Ngannou Gan fight, Dana White, um, he had something else to do apparently when it came to yeah. both the post fight press conference and putting the belt on Ngannou. Are you going to fight me if I say that I actually believe Dana White had something to do? Okay, well, what do you think that he was doing? What, what, like, what, 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 what does Amazon Prime was, get there? Like, what, what did he have he to go handle? A, he was catching a limo to go to a casino or a very nice dinner, which was something to do. Is that more important as the boss than wrapping the belt and being at the press conference that you're always at? I got nothing. You know what? There, there are fine people who work in the media relations department at the UFC, and uh, some of them treat us very well. I just want to know, like, we had four days – to come up with something when we had this Q and a with, uh, with ESPN plus and the best they could come up with to save face for Dana white was I had something going on in the back, right? That's what you came up with. I had something going on in the back. And then he's just like, listen, I, I, I remember the times that I was petty. This was not one of them. It's like, what, what are you talking about? Like, you, you, you know, you're sitting here and you're, you're coming up with just the, Oh, I saw Francis all week. I was giving him handshakes. Oh, you mean the ones where none of the cameras were there, so it meant nothing? When it was the most public moment, 
you shot him down and you didn't give him his belt. I had something to do. Okay, dude. What did you want him to say? We all know what the truth is. What are you asking the gentleman to say in that situation? Francis Ngannou is a pain in my ass. You're, I think there's yeah, a chance that he's going to leave the organization. Mr. And so I got the hell out of there? Yeah, you're Mr. Keep It Real. You love to you love to shoot the bleep. You love to sit there and shoot from the hip and be honest. I'm I'm different than everybody else. Everybody else, there's liars. I'm, da- I'm old Uncle Dana. I say the truth. Say the truth. Here's the truth. Guess what? I don't like the fact that he wants off my ship. He's rats off a ship. I'm rats off a ship on him getting the belt. That's it. What do you think ends up happening here for Nganu? Because now he's got a little bit of time off. He's also now the undisputed champion. He's taking care of a guy in Cyril Gan that everybody, including the odds makers, thought was going to win that fight. He won it rather convincingly. I mean, when it comes to Nganu, it feels like if he can just be patient, have the surgery, stick around, and make right with Dana White, he can not only get a contract, but I don't know if you heard earlier this week, he said that he's left upwards of 5 to $7 million on the table. It feels to me that if Francis, in his own mind, can stop feeling so disrespected that they can work this thing out. Um... I don't, you know, it, it's tough to know. Like these things are always, it's, it's always, you'll get a better clear thing when the deadline's closer. Now we know the deadline's not until the end of the year with it. I just feel like, look, the thing we all want to see with him versus John Jones, he's made it pretty clear. Like I'm not that interested in that anymore. Uh, and I was, and then, and now I'm not, I, you know, he felt like John Jones messed around too much. And that's a big reason why the fight never happened. So I think for him, he's thinking to himself, I have the boxing heavyweight champion saying he wants to fight me. Why don't I just wait this thing out? It feels like the Tyson Fury stuff is going to be on the table for a while here. I would say the next couple of years. Speaking of Tyson Fury, it's official with Dillian White. Is Dillian White the guy that can actually take out Tyson Fury and screw up this whole heavyweight thing once again? I wouldn't rule it out, but I doubt it. Like, it's one of those things where, like, it's the heavyweight division. Weird stuff happens. It gets derailed a lot. Um, you know, you can see like, you know, back when Deontay Wilder was reigning, like Luis Ortiz almost knocked him out. Like it's a dangerous, dangerous division and things happen. So I'm not going to rule out the fact that Dillian White could get a win, but I, I just think that Tyson Fury, he's so smart. He's so big. He wants to stay active. I think that's a big thing too. A lot of these champions, they don't want to fight a lot. That one of the things that was frustrating him this week with this whole step aside thing is that he was like, I'm ready to go. I don't need more than three weeks of training. I don't understand why these guys need so much time. I want to get in the ring and fight. And I just think he's a different animal when it comes to that type of stuff. So I still think he's going to handle Dillian White, but there's always a chance. There's always a Dillian White's got power. So are you telling me that we're really going to have an undisputed, completely clear champion by the end of the year? Nah, something will happen. Like promotions will mess it okay. up. Boxing will boxing. Okay. okay. Let's not I just want to make I just I just want to make sure that we're still talking about boxing here. Yeah, All right, a- just- AJ will be an Usyk. There'll be some contract thing that we didn't see coming, and then he's got to fight Usyk a third time. You know. But if there's not an undisputed champion, much more likely we get Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. I'd love to see that. The odds are going to sway heavily in favor of Fury. Of course, probably going to come in as like a minus six hundred, but. I'll put a couple of bucks on that. Brendan Tobin's in Miami. Sean Levine in Kansas City. Producer Jake in Philly. And you joining us here on the BetQL Network. Coming up next, we're going to put a bow on this thing and tap out. You're locked in to the BetQL Network.